Hello and welcome to Square Raindrop. I'm Jo Wheeler. And I'm Steph Galter. Fresh back from your holidays. Yeah, do you like my tan? No, I don't tan really, do I? Just go a bit red and <laughs> back to normal colour. A bit more freckly than usual. Wasn't going to say a word, but you look wonderfully healthy and rested and relaxed. That's the good That's the good news. That's exactly how you feel after a holiday with two small children. Okay, a bit like the town, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like, oh good, we're back home, they're totally jet-lagged now, and the, the plane ride got in at two in the morning or whatever. Let's send them to school for the teachers to deal with. I love school. Oh, Lordy, what, 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 where, have you, where have you been? You've got jet-lag. Well, we don't really have jet lag. It's just that nighttime flight that we did was just a, a bit of an error, really. But that's what they give you. Um, so, yes, we went to Gran Canaria. And very nice it was, too. Mostly sunny, although there was a little bit of cloud on the first day. And I did wonder if I'd made an almighty error going to a cloudy place. But it was OK. It was one day. Apart from the dust. Well, the dust wasn't too bad for us, but it has been getting worse there. Of course, you know, being weather people that we are, when we get somewhere, we always have to Google the hell out of the weather that you get there. And one of the things I found was that dust storms in the area, because we're sort of down, we, I'm now still in the Canary Islands, downwind from, from the Sahara. So there's a lot of dust that comes towards us. It then goes off and does all its really good stuff over the Amazon and, and, and in the Caribbean and things. But... For the Canary Islands, sometimes you get really thick dust. They call them Kalima events. And um, between 2005 and 2019, the number of dust storms has doubled. So it's really got worse. And uh, this is normally, the winter period is normally when you get the fewest dust storms. But at the moment, there's just been a lot of them. This year, is, there's been loads. And from 2020 and 2022, there was a little study and they said they were unprecedented with the length of them and the fact the dust was going so high in the atmosphere um, and the amount of dust. It just seems to have really increased. We've had a couple of events where we've had Saharan dust visible on a satellite. Are we talking about the same phenomenon there? Yeah, and usually the same thing. So it has to come off Africa first and then it normally sort of bends back round over the Atlantic maybe clipping Spain and Portugal on its way to us so we see it really diluted by the time it gets to us but over the Canary Islands because it's so close they get it quite badly. And whilst you were on holiday what kind of uh, daytime temperatures were you looking at? About 25 which was really very nice it's a lovely temperature. It was a long way to go to get to 25 when in fact here in February, we saw temperatures topping out, certainly on one day, of 18.1. Uh, Pershaw College in Warwickshire recorded that, as did Teddington in Middlesex. Uh, what do you think of that then? That was pretty warm. That is pretty warm for February. That is crazy warm for February. And you can tell because in my garden, I came back. I've only been gone for a week. Daffodils, they're out already. Uh, it seems quite early. I don't know. I'm not a horticultural expert. Maybe they're always out this time, but... Uh, yeah, just a week I've been away. They weren't even in bud before, but now they're out and our amaryllis has started to shoot. That reminds me, I forgot to plant my daffodil bulbs. Um, <laughs> so mine won't be out any time soon, unless, unless they've, they've, they've done it in the garage on their own. You never <laughs> know. <laughs> I do know that my bits of garlic in the fridge, they've started to grow. Um, they shouldn't, but they, they, they have done. Um, so, yeah, whilst we've had the temperatures, though, we haven't really had the sunshine. We've had the odd spell. But that pesky jet stream is back through central parts of the Atlantic and, and central parts of this country. So it's been pretty wet 
at times. Well, we uh, did land back, land back on Sunday night, no, Saturday night into Sunday to absolutely Armageddon. So as we landed, the plane aquaplaned. I mean, maybe that's why they call them planes, as it aquaplaned down the runway. The little girl behind, who must have been four or five, said, oh, mummy, this is fun. Wibble wobble, wibble wobble, jelly on a plate. Well, the rest of the plane kind of gripped hard on their handrest and closed their eyes. So it was nice that she was enjoying herself. The weather, the weather Sunday morning was absolutely shocking. I, I got up just after five thinking I'd take my dog down to the beach for daybreak and a nice walk. I opened the back door and just like all this water came in. I thought, nope, probably need an ark for this. Uh, maybe I'll leave it. But, you know, um, whilst we did see a lot of wet weather whilst you were away, uh, some of the showers were quite interesting, I believe. Oh, yes. Interesting if you're um, inclined in the very weather uh ways that we are that wasn't really a sentence but I think you know what I mean basically um in winter we don't get so many showers that are triggered by heating from the sun so often in the summer you get the ground heated by the sun and then that makes all the atmosphere mix up and you get lots of showers you don't get that in winter because the sun's too rubbish it's too weak it just can't do it got no energy there they were on Sunday finally the showers triggered by the sun's heat they were back um, for the first time this year. So that's quite exciting if you're um, really like me. Anyway, uh, so really good. Um, but I guess it's two points there. Firstly, it means the sun's now strong enough for you to feel it, for it really to have an effect. We are getting there. We're getting to spring now. But secondly, it means probably get yet more wet weather, like more showers, like because that's what we need, huh? Well, looking looking at the days ahead, there was a signal of something cooler returning. And I, I know you don't do the long range bit, but there was a sign of something cooler returning. And there still is a little bit for the north, but nothing particularly exciting. But I'll tell you something, looking at the longer range, everything just looks so unsettled. There is still some very windy weather to come. I know they talk about uh, March winds, April showers, but um, these will be strong even for March. Yeah, it looks like on Wednesday, it looks like the jet stream really powers in again and triggers some pretty manky weather for us. So Wednesday is looking like a really wet day for most places. And then as you head through the weeks, yet yeah, nothing really changes away from this sort of general westerly flow, bringing in wet weather and more wet weather and a bit more wet weather. It does look like maybe the beginning of March. I, I went into your crystal ball, Joe. I borrowed it briefly. It, they say it might calm down a bit and that may allow temperatures to go near average. But we're not looking at anything like cold, crisp weather that you might hope for at this time of year. Not on the cards. No, well, you know, you were talking about the sun having a bit of power now. Um, I went out walking with my daughter yesterday afternoon uh, regretted taking the coat with me because it was really incredibly mild. I'm guessing temperatures actually were only, I think yesterday topped out at about 15.1, 15.8. 16 16.8 in Gosport. Six, sorry, 16, but I wasn't in Gosport. I was in York. <laughs> well, I don't have that number written down here. Only Gosport. That was the highest we got yesterday. And I said it in that funny accent because my mum always used to say that. She came from Fairham, just very, very close to Gosport. I have no idea why she did that accent for Gosport. Absolutely none. It might, it might be something to do with cricket, for all I know. But I, I'm not at a loss. Well, I'm from Cheshire and we always refer to Basingstoke as Basingstoke. I don't know why. What's Basingstoke ever done to upset anybody? Well, it does have a swimming pool, or it used to. I haven't been there for many years. 
Um, but it used to have a swimming pool sort of underground in the middle of its shopping centre, so the whole place smelt of chlorine. It was a really odd design. That's a bit weird. I've, ne I've never been to Basingstoke. I've only driven through it. And as some people say, that's uh, the best way to see Basingstoke in your rearview <laughs> mirror. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment because Basingstoke's not very far from me at all and I don't want to be lynched. But Sorry, uh, Basingstoke, I'm sure you're lovely and you haven't got a swimming pool in the middle of your shopping centre anymore. Let's hope that's <laughs> moved. Certainly the Anvil, which is their big um, concert hall, that's a beautiful place, great acoustics. Let's look at the positives, Joe, and move on. Yes, shall we indeed. Now, of course, the last time we spoke, your son Milo um, had, had just become pretty obsessed with his fish. Proud owner of six fish he is. But now, oh, lovely. this was sort of to um, bribe them into not having too many tantrums on the day they're back from their holiday and are overtired and I couldn't yet hand them to the teachers. So I, they, inconveniently, they wouldn't let me hand them over on the Sunday. So instead, <laughs> I took him to the fish shop where he was, because you've got to get the fish first, then the algae builds, and then you get the algae eaters. Now, these are the kind of weird, creepy crawlies that you can get. So I was convinced that Milo would get these really like ornamental shrimps that are beautiful colours. No, Milo wants a frog, fully aquatic frog, so it doesn't have to come out. But he wanted a frog. And with that, he could only get these like translucent shrimp and a snail. But that's he was absolutely hell bent on a frog, tiny little things, little frog and a snail. And so that's what we've come home with, a frog, a snail and two tiny, tiny shrimps. That you can't see. Uh, you say the frog doesn't have to come out of the tank, but can it? Not if there's a lid on it. So this is where part of the problem has been. So whilst we were they're in their bags and you're, they're breathing and you're putting a little bit of water in to get them used to your tank water, we noticed that the frog has a deformed foot. So one of them, it's got toes. The other one, they're sort of all welded together and there's this white stuff around it, which is probably a type of fungus, I reckon. I looked it up. I couldn't think what else it would be. So I thought, well, we better keep that one in the bag, take it back to the fish shop today. Of course, Milo's in tears. I love my frog. I feel so bad for it. OK, anyway, uh, that's fine, Milo. So we left it in the bag, put the lid on the tank, but it's in the bag. The bag's open because it needs to breathe, even though, you know, maybe they can give it medicine or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> damn things escaped. I've got to, after talking to you, Joe, I've got to go upstairs and wrestle with the world's most minuscule, tiny, teeny little frog to try and get it back in a bag without disturbing the entire fish tank and all the shrimps and fish that live in there. It's just not going to happen. There's going to be water everywhere, fish everywhere. I'm going to end up back down the fish shop saying, can I just replace everything, please? Actually, that that is the best thing, that when, when it comes to... Uh small fish you can replace them without the child noticing it's not like a bunny rabbit or a guinea pig where you come down and say hang on a second it's a different color than it used to be um but i do remember my brother having uh what are they called are they tropical fish yeah tropical fish yeah with all the time yeah yeah and he had frogs in it and somehow they would always get through a gap and i was forever picking them up off the floor and chucking them back in the tank oh, and no. that's why i asked <laughs> <laughs> Our um our neighbour had a, a rabbit that we used to look after after when they were on holiday, and um and one day it died. Uh, we think it was heat stroke. We think it not when we were looking after it, fortunately, but it got heat stroke and it it didn't make it. And when I told Mia, who was five at the time, she burst into tears. And I thought, oh, bless her. I said, I'm so sorry, Mia. Are you really sad that the, the rabbit's not with us anymore? And she went, no, I didn't even get to see his skeleton. 
<laughs> I Mia, don't worry about your children. Mia is an engineer and she likes to see and know how things work. If you give her anything, she'll go, that's fascinating and take it apart. It's very irritating if you give her something expensive because it will be in many parts and won't be able to be put back together again. Um, I'm glad she didn't see the rabbits and start to dissect it in front of the owners who were actually upset. For the loss I, of- I'm glad too. I remember being, you know, absolutely heartbroken at the death of a dog, which is a larger animal. And my daughter simply saying, well, what colour will our next dog be? Oh, no. Practical, if nothing else. But whilst, whilst we're on the subject of um, small animals, um, this doesn't start off as an animal story. Um, but doing a bit of DIY this week, I was trying to replace a shower in my downstairs bathroom because the upstairs one is flooded and I need to kind of decommission that one whilst it dries out and I get a plaster in and all that kind of thing. And it was all going swimmingly well. Well, it was until we realised the previous owners had cemented all the pipes in. So those had to be, you know, released, liberated from their cement, uh, you know, sort of incarceration, which is fine. But when it was done, it, it turned out that the water pressure was still very low. And so I asked my next door neighbour, bless him, um, to just come have a look, because somebody told me he was a central heating engineer in, in you know, in his working life. Somebody else told me last night he wasn't. So <laughs> he must have wondered why I was asking him. But anyway, that's not the point. He likes to be helpful. And I thought he was just going to come and help me take the side off the boiler so I could access the, you know, the restart button. Not that it wasn't going at the time. Never mind. Anyway, he got interested in this low water pressure issue. So he was looking at the tanks underneath my kitchen sink and the one in my utility room. And as he got down on his hands and knees, I'm kind of going, um, just just one small thing. I, said, I think my mouse lives under there. <laughs> my, my Your mouse? And I said, yeah, well, it's not really my mouse. It just kind of cohabits with me and the dog seems to like it too. And then he goes into the utility room to do the same thing. I'm going, and that's the other place the mouse lives. <laughs> he dashes between the two. And I think he eats leftover dog biscuits off the floor. Ah, yes, maybe he does. And maybe he drinks the water from whatever leaking low pressure issue you have. He's drinking that water so fast, he's lowered the yes. water pressure. That's what the problem is. What a thirsty water, water mouse. mouse. <laughs> they do say if you have, if you see one mouse, you've got lots. You know that, don't you? Well, yes, I know. But how do they know just to run one at once? I once had a mouse. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Yes, moving swiftly on. But you can tell Mia, if she wants to know, the best way to catch a mouse with a trap is by putting round trees fruit pastels in it, not cheese. I heard not cheese, but I put peanut butter. I have never heard of it. I mean, why wouldn't you just eat the round trees fruit pastels? Nobody likes peanut Well, it's a good question. And I did, I did have a problematic mouse in the last house that I lived in. And it was, because it kept eating my OXO cubes. And there was one night I had a group of people around somewhat reluctantly, and I put this trap in the cupboard and in the middle of it all, this trap goes off. And my friend, who's uh, who runs a, who's got a farm, basically picked this mouse out and threw it across the room. <laughs> I think most people were horrified. Look, it's the countryside, it's the way we do it here, it's fine, yeah? <laughs> Let's get on with it. Anyway, you know, this is all about Steffi and Joe talking weather together amongst our small animals and, you know, uh, right. children with a somewhat sadistic bent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the next few days we're just looking forward to more changeable stuff just yeah just Wednesday if you've got a day um, some companies do 
let you have a day off for mental health reason, make that Wednesday and just stay in bed. Uh, other than that, it's in the south, not as bad as in the north. That's as much as we can do for you. Hey, but in a few days, we'll be back with another square raindrop. And of course, in the meantime, if you've got something special going on and you want a personalised forecast from Steffi, who do we contact? Oh, contact us. We are weather at squareraindrop.com if you want to email us. If you want to get in touch via X, aka Twitter, it's at Square Raindrop because Square Raindrop didn't fit.